And there's no doubt that the federal government is now facing mounting pressure to expand eligibility for its COVID disaster payments. As almost one million lockdown Australians receiving other welfare payments remain excluded from accessing the support. Workers who have lost more than 20 hours of work per week, as we know, because of a lockdown, well, you're eligible for 600 bucks a week if you're lucky. But as Darren Greenfield tells us this morning, very clearly there are a number of construction workers who simply aren't eligible for it. While anyone who has lost between 8 and 20 hours a week are entitled to $375 per week. As I mentioned, those already receiving income support payments, including job seeker, youth allowance and disability carer payments, are barred from accessing these disaster payments. Even if they have lost work. That's the irony of this thing. That's the irony of it. Richard Miles joins us on the program. Good morning to you, Richard. Good morning, Marcus. How are you? Good, thank you, mate. I need to get a new set of glasses, by the way. I, I thought it was you. I, for some reason, up on the television screen, I see a smiley face up there on the uh, the Nine Networks Today show, and I thought, oh, there he is. Um, he's going to come on the program a little later. Um, but it was your mate, Jim Chalmers. Oh, there you go. After I put my glasses <laughs> on, I realised. Anyway, Richard... Uh, I know you're going to sing from the same hymn sheet as your colleague Jim, and as I've been saying this morning, uh, look, the disaster payments, although welcome, simply aren't going to cut it, are they? They're not, and and there are real gaps in what has been put forward by the government, that they've been really making it up as they've gone along. I mean, what, what we now have as a kind of package is... I think up to its you know fourth or third or fourth version since lockdown started happening in Melbourne and then uh, this extended lockdown started happening in Sydney. Mm. Um, the, I mean, you were right in what you were just saying previously that JobKeeper last year played a really important role in getting people through their experience of COVID during extended lockdowns around the country, particularly in Victoria. Um, and but it provided certainty and it, and it gave businesses and, and workers a sense that uh, whatever they were facing in terms of lockdown at that moment in time, they were able they were going to be able to get to the other end. Um, the thing that gets me, and and this is a point that Jim's been making as well, is that if you think about when JobKeeper came to an end at the end of March, uh, in in the government's own budget they were predicting that there would be a lockdown um, once a month in in a major city in Australia. So Mm -hmm. they knew that this kind of thing was going to happen. And yet when they brought JobKeeper to an end, there was no replacement scheme which would provide for this circumstance. I mean, there was literally nothing. And so as a result, what we've been seeing is them trying to kind of play catch-up footy, really, and and, uh, try and invent a a package and and a program as events have unfolded. And as a result, what we've now got is really a dog's breakfast. It's it's not what we had last year. Um, It doesn't provide um, that certainty. It doesn't connect people with their employment in the same way as JobKeeper did. Um, There are real problems people have in actually accessing the payments. For small businesses, there's still no rental assistance, which there was last year. Um, So there's a whole lot of question marks. um, And it means that those businesses in Sydney who are going through the extended lockdown now, who felt all the... Uh, difficulties of, of last year and probably were, were, were racking up debt as a result of that and are now faced with 
really a, a crisis about whether or not they'll be able to continue in business. Um, and, and the government is sitting there, really, on its hands, not without, um, without any solution for these businesses. And um, it, is a, it is a massive, massive problem. It is. Current lockdowns across the country have triggered a reliance on welfare and also charities. We've had cures turned away from settling offices in Sydney on Monday amid reports of long call waiting times. I've, I've been told, even despite what uh, the settling boss is saying, these queues continue to grow. Uh, we've had issues with people getting online. We've had crashes in the system because of the excess demand. Uh, I mean... I don't know. You say that uh, the government had planned for a lockdown, if you like, in each, well, certainly in a major capital city going forward. Surely they would have had these these things in place, the measures and the policies and the practices in place preparing for this sort of stuff. Exactly. And, and, and really the point I'm trying to make is all of this was foreseeable. Um, because they did, they foresaw they foresaw some of it. I mean, they were in in their own budget papers. It's there in black and white right now. Um, they were predicting that there would be lockdowns uh, in Australia right now. So they foresaw all these events, and yet they didn't, they haven't put in place the package which would avoid all of this distress. And what people are now going through, uh, in many ways, is much worse financially than last year because, you know, eventually, I mean, the government needed to be dragged there then, I might say. I mean, it took them a little bit of time to work out that they had to have a wage subsidy in place. But once they got there and they put in place JobKeeper, it, it, it was really important uh, yeah. to getting the country through. And it wasn't perfectly designed, and we certainly had criticisms uh, of it at the time, but its fundamental thrust was, was critical to getting the country through. Um, in the absence of that, and this, this piecemeal package which has been put together, which still has real holes in it, there are now people doing it very, very tough um, in a way that wasn't being experienced last year. Uh, and and it's, it is a, it, it, you know, there are a lot of people there wondering whether or not their jobs are going to come back when, when the lockdown lifts in Sydney. Uh, and a whole lot of small businesses and other businesses wondering whether or not, you know, their, their business model, whether their, their, their life's creation, as it were, yeah. is still going to be in place by the time um, the, the lockdown is lifted. And, and this is not a situation where we're talking about businesses which aren't good businesses. It's, 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 it's not that. Um, they'll be good businesses once uh, we get back to some sense of normality. But it's yep. about bridging the gap. It's about getting them to the other side. And that's what JobKeeper and all the support last year was about. And that's what's not there at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this really is on the federal government. Well, and, we, know, and think, yeah. we know how we've I got think, here. Yeah, and, and this is the other, the other point to make, Mark, and it's really important that people understand this. Um, the journey to the other side... Uh, of COVID-19 is is one which is paved by the vaccination. That, that's how that's we it. get there. I mean, we're, not- we're told today uh, that Australia has reached its one million doses a week benchmark. Uh, the Prime Minister yesterday said he regretted some comments, uh, you know, that it wasn't a race. But, you know, obviously those words will come back to bite him. There's no doubt about that. But he still refuses... Uh, to take responsibility. No, sorry. Again, there's more of a deflection on blaming the medical fraternity, including Atagi. I, I just quite don't understand it. What's so difficult to, to just admit that you've mucked it up and let's work harder and be better and try and roll out these vaccines so we can stop the lockdowns going forward? Well, this is a, a Prime Minister who uh, always avoids responsibility when the going gets tough. Um, like, actually, in the moment where you need a leader... Um, he is the Prime Minister who will go missing. 
invariably. It's what has happened every single time. Um, it's actually different to the way in which I think the state premiers have performed since COVID started, and there's been plenty of uh, mistakes that we've seen. I've certainly seen it in Victoria, but uh, Daniel Andrews has stood up. Um, they're, 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 this is a difficult time, but it is one when we expect our leaders to be there. Yep. Now, you know, Scott Morrison said that we were going to be at the front of the queue. Mm. Well, the fact of the matter is that right now we are coming last in the OECD in terms of the rollout of our vaccination, about 11% of the Australian population on this day have been fully vaccinated. Um, that is that is completely appalling. That's why we are facing the situation we're facing. Uh, we, we see the Prime Minister out there trying to pressure the, the experts in respect of the advice in relation to AstraZeneca. I mean, the advice is what it is. The issue here is that this time last year, in the midst of their self-congratulations, they were complacent and they failed to place Australia in the queues of the various vaccine projects which were being developed around well, we the world. We bet on the wrong... We bet on... Uh, but, sorry to interrupt but, you, Richard. We bet on the wrong vaccines. Obviously, Pfizer's been OK, but AstraZeneca, uh, with uh, all of the changes in advice from the medical professionals, has led to an obvious uh, feeling out in the community that, look, I don't want that AstraZeneca stuff. I'll wait for the Pfizer. Thank you very much. I mean, I hear it all the time, uh, and I receive emails and calls to that effect. People are afraid of getting AstraZeneca for whatever reason. And, and, and this is the point. Yeah, as you say, they bet the house on AstraZeneca. Um, now, AstraZeneca is whatever it is, you know, and the, and the advice in relation to it is that. But the, the, uh, this time last year, when we should have been put in the queue in respect of Pfizer, we weren't. We, did, we haven't bought the uh, appropriate amounts of doses of Pfizer until early this year, which means the supply isn't going to come on line for another couple of months in, in the quantities which would enable us to vaccinate at a significant rate. If you look at Moderna, which is the other mRNA vaccine, uh, again, we could have been put in the queue last year. We weren't. It wasn't until this year that a single dose of Moderna was bought by this government. And again, we won't be seeing that until much later in the year. That's why we've got such a low rate of vaccination. As you said, they bet the house on AstraZeneca and it's turned yeah. out the way it has. Now, other countries... Um, spread the risk. Other countries were smart about this. Um, it's not that they didn't uh, put themselves in the queue of AstraZeneca. They did, but they put themselves in the queue of other vaccines as well. So that depending on what happened, there would be a supply when, it, when, when the time counted. Right. That's not what's happened here. And as a result, we are, we are literally being left to the, the back of the queue. Um, and essentially, you know, we're, we're waiting to see uh, other parts of the world be vaccinated before we get the supplies of Pfizer and Moderna, which well, will right allow down the, bottom. the vaccinated scale. Yeah, and, 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 th and until that happens, mm. we are living in the land of the lockdown. And, right. and the other point to make here, Marcus, is that having fit-for-purpose quarantine was, was a critical issue here. Um, the, the, this outbreak in Sydney occurred because... You know, we, we, the quarantine situation in places in respect of um, foreign air crews and, and the, the way in which they were being transported um, wasn't fit for purpose. It wasn't up to standard. We've seen people contract this disease in hotel quarantine. I mean, rather than quarantine being a place where the disease goes away, it's actually been a place where people have got it. Yeah. Um, last year, this time last year, they're being told you've got to build facilities which are fit for purpose. Don't people put people or don't rely on putting people in hotels. They ignored all of that advice. And that's why we've had breach after breach of hotel quarantine. And again, th th this is why we are now living in the land of the lockdown. And 
Um, and, and while we're watching the rest of the world, you know, move on. I mean, you, you watch Wimbledon. I don't know if anyone was watching the basketball and seeing the incredible crowds in Milwaukee. Yep. Um, you know, they're moving on. Um, that the rest of the world is seeing a, a future beyond COVID, uh, whereas we are stuck here um, in with, with really no end in sight for Sydney, cool. with lockdowns in Melbourne, lockdowns in South Australia, um, cases popping up elsewhere in the country. Um, this is Scott Morrison's failure. All right, Richard, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. We will talk further, I'm sure. No worries. Thanks, Marcus.